Blog Talk Radio. Celebrating their 20th year in radio broadcasting. With news not heard in the news, the International Taz and Paula Show interviews experts from all walks of life, bridging research and personal life journeys, revealing new ways to unleash life with a passion of a heartbeat. And now, here's Taz and Paula. Well, here's to a great week in everyone's corner. And I'm going to raise my hand right away before I even say this comment. Love is always on everybody's mind and no matter what time of year, right? Yeah. And our amazing, unusually investigative author, Pauline Middleton has brought forth a new way of finding out what fits our fancy for making our heart tick in a relationship. Her latest book, One Woman, Three Men, sounds kinky. (laughs) It does. However, what Pauline has set out to do is to explore the different perspectives on romance with an eye to blending philosophy, fiction, and real-world relationship concerns. Pauline has been a modern love coach since 2010, Danish by birth. She holds a master's in economics and has worked extensively around the world having lived in Paris, Algeria, Hong Kong, and visiting 36 states in the U.S. She worked for several companies in sales and marketing until she decided to become a coach. Paula, we have a tiger by the tail today. You are now listening to the International Taz and Paula Show. I'm Taz. And I'm Paula. Well, Taz, Pauline is her book is really rocking the reviews, let me tell you. Um, we are talking about <laughs> we are talking about conscious dating, emotions, equality, feminism, and needs, and more. She says nothing is perfect or easy, easy here, whether the goal is traditional or alternative in nature. But in the course of following the diary writer's life and revelations, readers are able to. Uh, gain a better sense of the sexual and psychological differences between men and women and the ideals and realities that can come between them. Now, um, Pauline, her book starts out uh, after a failed marriage and a, and a failed second relationship. And uh, so the book is written uh, around Pauline's life. So Pauline... We want to welcome you to our show. Thank you very and, much. <laughs> and I want to ask you a question. When you were writing the book and you were going back to what happened to you in life, uh, you joined a dating website. And when when you do this, you have to uh, create a profile. So while you were creating this profile, um, did it change your uh, conceptions or on relationships, did you have an aha moment while you were creating your profile? Um, well, it can be quite a challenging uh, process to create a profile because what you you need to answer a lot of questions about yourself, and some of them are quite personal. And then you fill it out, and then you're sending it sort of into the void. You don't know who's at the receiving end. 
So especially when I had to fill out, you know, the things about uh, my sexuality, uh, I was like, oh, well, what do I even want to write here? Um, so I, I kind of turned the whole thing around saying, I don't want the dating site to decide what I should put in my profile. I want to start by actually writing, uh, identifying the most important areas in a relationship. So I sat down with a with a piece of paper and a pen. And, you know, I thought I would maybe have three, four areas. But before I knew it, there were 26 areas. <laughs> and then I, oh, wow. <laughs> you know, that's quite a lot. <laughs> But I also know that when you want to go dating, you can't kind of uh, make a profile with 26 areas because at least I would never respond to such a profile. So uh, therefore, I, I, you know, I prioritize them. Before we go any further, your your book title is One Woman, Three Men. Now, can that be also One Man, Three Women? Uh, Sure. That's, uh, that has happened many times in history, <laughs> except they haven't really known about each other. <laughs> so did you put in your profile at that time what uh, three types of men that you wanted to meet? Yeah, I did, because then I, you know, I looked at the 26 areas, and then I figured, okay, what is the most important ones of these? I regrouped them, and I, I kind of identified that I wanted a guy that I could talk with, uh, you know, about life and love and politics and so on. And I wanted a guy who was interested in sex, meaning, you know, not just the wham-bam-thank-you-man thing, but a more curious approach and a more listening and attentive approach. And then I also needed a handyman because I was living in an old house. So, you know, in the beginning, I thought I was going to go look for a guy with these three qualities. But then I looked at it and said, how about if I look for three guys? Because if I separate my needs like this into three different areas, then I can get, you know, date three guys, and then I'll identify where it goes wrong. And also where I do something that makes it go wrong. So, and then I said, ah. I'll do that. And then I uploaded a profile saying I'm looking for a guy to talk to, a lover, and a handyman. So how did you go about screening them? Well, uh, the answers poured in. So I, I was soon had to screen them. You know, the first thing I said was because many men, they answered, oh, you're so lucky, Pauline, because I'm a three-in-one. I can fulfill <laughs> all three areas. And I was like, nah, that's not the way it works here. You need to choose one of the areas. <laughs> and, you know, I had expected, yeah, <laughs> because otherwise, you know, how would it work? Um, and I had expected that that um, most of the guys would then jump in and say, okay, then I'm for the sex part. But they didn't. You know, a number of the guys, quite a large number said, okay, then I need to think about it. Which area I want to, you know, uh, which candidate I want to be. Uh, and, and that already there, it created a very interesting, much more interesting discussion than I had had on former dates, you wow. know, because it was it was like talking about why did you choose this role and why did you make this model with three roles and what can I do to get into the bedroom and, you know, who are you anyway? So it was a very good uh, sort of sorting mechanism with the three different roles. I guess you didn't expect that. <laughs> no. <laughs> That was added value. So did you actually have to uh, meet with them in person to make your decision, or could you do it just uh, 
from what well, they wrote? in the beginning, I was very conscientious and wrote an answer to everybody and, you know, really spent quite a long amount of time on each profile. But then I found out that, you know, there were some, if they were not uh, actually being polite in the way they were writing, no need to even answer that guy. Or if they were just very short in their, in their saying, hi, uh, I'm here, what do you want? You know, something very short then no need to write uh, either. You know, so uh, after like the first couple of, or the first week actually, I, I developed uh, some tools that made me uh, able to focus more on the guys that I found had potential. And then, you know, I would not write together with them for a long period because it's much better to meet in person. So if I'd had uh, three or four nice exchanges online, three from me, four from him or so, something like that, then I would set up a date and then we'll take it from there. So this was really a deep, this became a real deep investigative thing. This, this is life changing. <laughs> I know it was, it was, it, it turned out to be more like a social experiment than I had attended it to. You know, I was more <laughs> like a researcher identifying this is what we start out and then you do that. I do that. Then what happens? You know, and that was, it was really interesting. <laughs> yeah, finding out now, also what love is for that particular person. I mean, people really have to think, you know, when people go out to date, it's like so surface material, you know, surface. And yeah, yet, exactly. It, this is like, people really have to think about this. This yeah, is, they did. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it makes that and, person grow too. It does. And it brought men out of their shell. You know, they would maybe kind of have the same five phrases they would be using, but I, it didn't work here, you know, because I wanted some more for them. I wanted to see if they were interested in actually, if they were curious about me, uh, or if they were just, you know, there was this guy who answered the, the profile and he was just telling me how good a talker he was. You know, but I had to respond, well, you're not a listener, <laughs> because he wasn't already in writing, he was not a listener. So, you know, it, it really filtered the meetings in, in some very interesting ways. In conversation, I mean, it has to go both ways, or it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's not now, everybody who um, has realized that. Now, the co when you were dating the, the conversationalist and the handyman, did they in the back of their minds think that they would uh, actually be able to be the sexual person uh, within a month or two? Yes. They, uh, that, were, that was what I found out within a couple of months, that it, all the guys who kind of signed up for the model, they did it with the intention of at uh, some point in the near future to, to get to the sex part. Uh, so they were, you know, they said, I would I would like to start by being your handyman or I would like to, you know, let's talk and see where it takes us. And then when they found out that, you know, maybe after the handyman had helped me three or four times, he found out that I was not going to sleep with him. Then he said, OK, I don't want to be part of this anymore. And then I had to find a new handyman. Um, that was one ending or there was the other ending at some point, you know, I was like really attracted to the talker guy. And I was like, okay, but can I sleep with him as well? You know, now I have my lover. So, so what, what happens if I mix up the roles? And I had to think about that. But then I figured, well, you know, it's my model. And I didn't promise uh, the lover exclusivity. 
I didn't expect the exclusivity from him either. So, you know, I, I can do it if the talker wants to. And he did. <laughs> so at so some point, you know, I did have intimate life with two guys at the same time. Now, you have written a couple of other books prior to this book. I, I mean, what really, uh, what was the undercurrent here for really bringing forth this kind of investigative thing? You, I guess you really wanted to create a relationship that was wholesome, and you had no yeah. other way but doing it. I mean, I guess, I don't know, what was the undercurrent thing here? Well, like you mentioned, I had divorced, and then I had gotten a new boyfriend, and I found out he was cheating on me. So I was like, okay, if I continue to do the same things I've done so far, I may end up in, in some very undesirable situations again. And then when I was looking around, I saw that other people my own age or older and younger, that many people were struggling with love. So I was like, okay, well, how about if I try to think it in a new manner? And at, at that point, I didn't know what I was going to do. But, you know, I was, I was prepared to open my mind to actually experiencing and seeing things in a different way. Um, and then uh, I started, the, you know, started the whole thing. And then when I had started it, and I, I, in the beginning, I didn't tell anybody about it because I was like, oh, you know, no need to inform people. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but then at some point, I talked to two friends. And one girlfriend was really against it. She said, oh, my God, you're going to get such a reputation. You know, I wouldn't even <laughs> uh, dream of doing something like that. I think it's a nightmare. And my other girlfriend said, hey, girl, go, go for it. And if you have too many men, just send some of them over to me. You know, <laughs> so there were different approaches to my, my way of doing it. Um, well, but, but then later on, when I told people about the model, they were so curious. And that's why I ended up writing a book about it, because I figured, you know, people are really curious about this way because they are also finding that some of the notions of love and some of our expectations and so on are challenging. So well, did you people, become friends with these people? I mean, I've always thought about, you know, relationships. I would rather be a friend with the man first. Um, did this yeah. create friendships? Yeah, it did. It did, and it also created a possibility for the men to grow. You know, a couple of men, they thanked me from the deep bottom of their heart after actually leaving me, saying, this was incredible. You made me much more aware of what is important for me. Thank you so much. I was like, okay, you are welcome, you know. And, and all of this can happen, of course, as long as one is not falling in love and the other is not falling in love, you know, but... but it's it's up to you to kind of, uh, you know, hold on to yourself. And, and basically, when you have so many partners, there's not as much time to fall in love because there's not time to build all the romantic castles in your head and, you know, construct all these ideas about the other because there are three others. So you're constantly in, in dialogue with yourself and him and another one and somebody knocking on the door. So it's really, <clears throat> excuse me, it's like a research aspect even for yourself. Yes, it was. Well, did some I, of the I men got fall to be in aware love with you? Of, yeah, a couple of them did. Um, There's also something about making yourself a, a scare, scarce commodity. <laughs> you know, that, <laughs> that helps that process. Because I was not, like, available constantly and just 
wanting him to contact me, you know, I was I was difficult actually. Or it was, you know, you needed to to be added in order to get a, a, an appointment with me or a date with me, and th- that uh, spurred their interest uh, for some of the men. Well, or some you of know, them were go... frightened of you because uh, you were so strong. Yeah. Well, a, a, a couple of them, a couple of men, every now and then would be uh, aggressive online. You know, saying that, hey, wh- why are you thinking that you can just request whatever you want? And what about men? And are you giving anything? And so on. Uh, or being, you know, much more abusive than that. But, but you know, I was expecting that. So, so I was just saying, well, I don't take that personally because they don't know me. And maybe it's probably something with themselves that they're dealing with. Yeah. So yeah. I'll just delete them. So this became, you know what this I, I I can see where this is potentially really elevating because it gives you more of an insight into your own brain because you also step up in order to handle this aspect of what you that you have put out there it allowed you to grow in those different areas where maybe you hadn't grown before. I mean, this yeah. is this is a research. <laughs> this is it is. <laughs> yeah, it is, and it's and it's awesome. I I think it's just really tremendous. By the way, just yeah. to let people know, you are presently. Um, uh, you were married in 2014, and you met yep. your husband, and um, you live on a on a farm outside of Copenhagen, uh, Denmark, presently. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, you know what? How, how how did this journey go with your husband that you presently are with? What what category was he yeah. in when he first met you? What category was he yeah, in when he first exactly. met him? <laughs> um, well, there's one thing I wanted to say to what we were talking about earlier. That is that men were really happy about my model because they say it's so nice to meet a woman who knows what she wants. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Why do you say that? Well, because I've, I've known a number of women, and, and it's so difficult to find out what they want. So, you know, that also taught me to be uh, direct and concrete in my communication with men. So, so that's an advice I, I uh, you know, I'm happy to pass on. Um, what I did in terms of, you know, how I met my, my husband is that I lived with this model uh, for a year and a half. Uh, and then I fell in love with a handyman, and I was with him for a couple of years, but then he wanted me to move to another part of the country, and I couldn't. So we broke up, and then I went back to the model for about a year. And then I stopped dating and evaluated my experiences, you know, very much again like this researcher looking at, okay, what has this brought me? Uh, where am I at now? Do I want to continue having uh, dating three men at the same time, or what do I actually long for? And then I found out that the three men, the three profiles, uh, were not really any longer my main priorities. My uh, Having a guy to talk to was a priority. But also it was really important for me to have a guy that uh, enjoyed the fact that I'm a writer and I do research for my books and I every now and then I'm you know completely soaked up into the writing process. And then having a guy who's interested in sex, that continued to be important. 
where is the handyman? I figured, okay, well, we can always hire somebody in case uh, he's not a handyman. And then I said to myself, okay, now I want to go try to find one man and develop a deep emotional relationship with him. And then I started dating in a more traditional way, uh, you know, just kind of uh, asking friends to hook me up with blind dates and, you know, any finding uh, single guys in my vicinity. Um, and then I went dating and, and, you know, I remember especially one guy I went out with, he was really, really sweet and interesting and quite good looking and, you know, everything was nice. And, and I was like, oh, maybe I should kind of, you know, get deeper involved with him. But then I went traveling for 10 days and he sent me a text based on or following up on some conversation we'd had. and It was all really good. And I got very happy for that text. And then two days passed, and I completely forgot to write him back. And then I was like, oh, now, remember to, to kind of sense where you're at. You know, when I could forget him for two days, I did not uh, need to go any further with him. So I stopped dating him right there. But then the tennis guy I dated, uh, well, uh, we started, uh, we met on Facebook because I, I had, was blogging about relationship issues and so on, and then he disagreed with me on a number of, of areas. So we started arguing, <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> in a civilized way. So so it was, we had some good discussion over a four-day period. And um, the funny thing was that, you know, when you write on Facebook, you write on the wall or in a private message. But he wrote on the wall, but he started each uh, entry by saying, Dear Pauline, blah, 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 kind regards, Sting. And I was like, ooh, that's a nice way of putting his arguments, you know. Uh, I like that. So I wrote him back, dear Sting, blah, 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 kind regards, Pauline. And I'm sure that this kind of uh, packaging helped me uh, keep my an open mind, even though we were discussing some uh, quite serious things. So after a week or so, we went, we met, had lunch together, and, you know, I just was immediately attracted to him, and, and four months later, he moved in with me, and a year later, we married. Wow. Well, so I'm going to ask you a question about your book being accepted. Is it accepted as well in um, America as it is in your country? Um, well, I would say that it's among uh, people who have a conscious approach to life, who who want to uh, discuss things, who who like to kind of make values visible, or who are interested in alternative lifestyles. They were very accepting, both in Denmark and they also have been in the states. Uh, whereas a number of other groups of people, they uh, have not liked it. You know, they said it's a very provocative book and you are breaking up the uh, the family structure and you are challenging something that one shouldn't challenge and so on. And then I tried to tell, well, you know, I don't think I'm the one challenging these structures. I think uh, many people are, you know, with 40% uh, infidelity rate and 50% divorce rate, which is the same more or less in Denmark and the States. You know, I think many people are challenging uh, our notion of uh, the one and only for an entire lifetime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, You know, you wrote your the book, One Woman, Three Men, and when you were involved in writing this book, why don't you give us an idea? What was the most fun 
chapter to write or an interesting <laughs> story that you tell, can tell our listeners without without it being shut off the air. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's, she's, la- she's laughing. I think you have one in mind. <laughs> well, I have a number of them in mind. <laughs> okay, but, and then um, and the other thing is what maybe one that stumped your toe, like, wow, how do I deal with this? You know, it's like this is really hard to get through. And um, so, anyhow, I'll let you talk now. Go ahead. Um, well, I had the the stumble. Uh, my toe was actually um, that that's uh, you know I I met this guy online uh, who was seemed really nice and really fun and and he was signing up to be the the talker guy, and then we would dialogue a little more and and for you know different reason I wasn't really available that week when he wanted to meet. So and then he got a little impatient with me, and then I got to be like, well, you know, uh, what's wrong? I mean, we'll just meet uh, in four days instead of in two days. And then all of a sudden, you know, he turned, and he became really, really, uh, how should I say, not obnoxious, but almost, you know. Then he was like, I don't think you even exist. I think you're a hoax. I, I, you know, I don't know what you're thinking of. And then I got really scared, and I was like, oh, my, how, how much have I told him about myself? You know, I wasn't there with my last name, but could he find me? So, so I mean, that was, but that was also as close as I got to an, an uncomfortable situation. Um, and, and, you know, then I just said, well, you know, we're not going to meet at all. He said, yeah, that just proves that you don't exist. Yeah, okay, <laughs> well, what can you do? <laughs> well, so, you know, that like was, he would have been a he would have been a controlling type. <laughs> I know, yeah. Yeah, and the, what what kind of frightened me was that I had not seen that in in the exchanges. We'd maybe made 10 exchanges online. You know, it, it really seemed like this was going to be a great date. And then, uh, you know, in the 11th hour, it kind of turned uh, completely sour. <laughs> oh, completely. So, clear. so yeah. okay. So give us an example of... When writing this book, you know, sometimes you get real excited about different areas because you're able to express more than, you know, than you thought you were ever able to express in a book. What what part in this book that might have given you that kind of feeling? Um, well, there is a meeting she has with a guy on a houseboat. Um, and I'm not going to tell the whole story because then we might be shut off. But um, it was really interesting for me uh, to write this because what what uh, she does in this meeting is that she takes, you know, first she's charmed by him and she sort of goes into that automatic role that at least I've tended to take whenever I meet a guy that I fancy, you know, Oh, hi, yeah, sure, <laughs> you know, um, and then um, at some point, you know, she finds that he's wanting her very, very much, and she's like, oh, that actually means that I can be in contr- full control here, and and developing that sensation of her, you know, going from being the, not submissive, but sort of kind of still the accommodating woman, 
to changing the the roles around and her taking charge. That was a really interesting writing process. Yeah. Now, was there a story that you were writing that happened to you and you changed it for a reason? Changed from what really actually mm-hmm. happened to... Well, this was story. a story that 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 actually happened to me. I changed the mm-hmm. the physical, you know. I, I I didn't want any of the guys that I've been with to be able to or to feel that I was exposing them. So I mean, nobody can recognize the guys there, uh, except of course when the book came out, three guys contacted me and say, "Oh, I like the chapter about me." <laughs> <laughs> and two of them were right. right. The third, it was not even about him, but he thought it was about him. <laughs> So you could say, you know, there are some elements 
but I haven't taken it directly. Um, it's not like it is my biography. This is like when you write a book, it's like a therapeutic aspect. I find yeah. when I do a lot of investigations, myself personally, when I, do, when I do readings for people, I feel as if it's part of a therapeutic aspect back to me. And I'm able to delve deeper into understanding who I am. Is this something that was created for you when you wrote your book? Yes. Um, and especially in a number of areas, you know, I found out uh, how uh, important romance was for me when I, before I started this model and how the model had helped me reduce romance to a healthy level. You know, at some point it was not very healthy for me at all because whenever I met a guy, I would so easily put him into the romantic mold. And like say, oh yeah, you know, we laughed at exactly the same time about this little funny sound. Oh, we're soulmates. And he's just, you know, looked at me in that way. And I looked at him and, oh, yeah. And he said that at the same time as I was thinking that, oh, I know we're made for each other. And, you know, I was not really allowing reality to, to have a say. And that meant that I was constantly disappointed by men. Because, of course, they couldn't live up to, you know, a construction in my head. So it wasn't very good for me to, to be so good at constructing. Um, and, and I, by having three men or by dating three men at the same time, I was not able to, to, to constantly or to spend so much energy on interpreting his smallest uh, movement or his saying or whatever, you know, because I was on to the next guy and I was back to the first guy and I was, you know. <laughs> so, so that was really... And, I, and that was really good for me. And I, I, I saw that clearly when I was writing the book. That was when I realized that. Early on, I had just kind of lived it, but I, I wasn't conscious about it. But I became that when I was writing the book. Well, the, the way that you were doing your investigation made you more objective than throwing yourself in emotionally. Yeah. So... so um, it sounds to me like some of the men were, you were like a trophy that they were trying to <laughs> to get. <laughs> well, I was lining up competition to them, and I was being open about it, so they knew there was competition. And, you know, men in competition, they, they give you their best. So at some points, I, I felt quite pampered by these guys. And then at other points, I only had maybe one guy because the other two had left me or I had kicked one of them out or whatever, you know. It, it, was, it was not a stable model. It was really a, a very volatile situation. Uh, but I like that kind of, you know, because that also liberated me from actually living up to their expectations. Was there one particular man that had a lot of patience? I mean, they, they stood in there for a long time and... With so much patience. Um, yes, there was. Um, and I found in the end that it, it was maybe also because he was, I wouldn't say lazy, but then still again, maybe I would. You know, uh, there was maybe not so much happening inside of him. Or there was, you know, he was just, yeah, you know, okay, fine, okay, fine. But at the end, I found, okay, it's difficult for me to actually sense this guy. Where is he at? What does he want? 
Does he want me or doesn't he want me? Is he patient because he really wants me? Or is he patient just because, oh, then he has somebody and it's fine and, you know, I'm not very demanding type of, of guy. Um, and, and I got much better also over the this period in asking the guy, well, what do you feel about this? Instead of trying to think that I would know how he felt about that. No, I'll ask him and then I'll deal with whatever he tells me. That was very good. Were they, were they um, mostly honest when you asked? Uh, yes, they were. They were. The, some of them were, you know, a little dodgy or a little like, well, you know, what would you like? And I said, no, that's not good enough. I want to hear. I'm asking you a direct question, and you know, tell me. <laughs> and, and and you know, yeah. sometimes it it would lead to the relationship uh, stopping, and that was fine. You know, I wasn't as also, when, you, when you're dating three, you're not as vulnerable as when you're dating one. And you're just sitting there by the phone or wanting to, him to answer that text that you sent an hour and a half ago and he still hasn't, you know, even uh, let you know anything, not even a smiley or anything. You know, that it, you're just much less uh, vulnerable when there are three. And, and therefore, I also, you know, I urge women to, to allow themselves to be a little more um daring and and also to allow themselves to explore their slutty sides you know it's okay to say you i want three men and then yeah. you know ooh, what happens i mean what happens inside of you when you say that do you get really shocked by yourself okay maybe you should stop there maybe you should actually go on if you become really shocked by yourself you know there's well, so many there's, much inside there there's a lot of work to do if you if you have three going at one time. Let, let me yeah. uh, first, <clears throat> excuse me, before we go any further, let people know you have a website, and the website is called modernloveandsex.com, modernloveandsex.com. Now, you also give workshops. Um, yeah. That You know what? Tell us about that. <laughs> well, when I uh, the book came out in Denmark, I was uh, you know I was oversworn with uh, with uh, contacts by people wanting to talk about love in a different manner than the normal uh, you know monogamous family construction, because it turned out that many people had some experiences. Some experiences were old, some were quite new, some people were standing in the middle of these experiences and they didn't know who to talk to about it because they said, well, you know, it's not quite the ordinary way of doing things. And that led me to actually start this uh, love coaching practice because uh, some of these people needed uh, advice. They needed help. They needed support in actually holding on to themselves in, in continuing to live whatever they were exploring. And then I figured, okay, well, I'll also arrange some workshops. Uh, there are workshops for single people uh, w where I present the one woman, three men model and and we talk about uh, or I give instructions as to how you can use it to become much more clear of yourself and your priorities and your dreams and your deep longings and then use that in trying to find a partner. And then I also have workshops for uh, married people or couples uh, where they want to become more conscious of, uh, okay, why is this not working? I want it to work. Well, this uh, is and easy. then we, 
This is really good. Yeah. You're even married couples. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. It's, uh, well, you're, you know, you're coaching the marriage. I was going to say, um, and you're coaching with married couples. Um, do you dwell into not getting bored with each other or, um, you know, just yeah. becoming? It all started actually when a married couple contacted me and said, oh, you know, we love your book because we have been reading it aloud to each other. One night, my husband would read a chapter. You know, the chapters are quite short, three to five pages. And then the next day, I would read a chapter. And then he would read a chapter. And then maybe we would, you know, spend an evening talking about one of the points in Elizabeth's life. Um, And that's when I became aware of how you can actually use fiction. You know, because, and that's what I give couples. I give them one of the chapters and I say, okay, well, um, try to read this and then see what does it reflect. Does it reflect something in your relationship? And most of the time it will, uh, some way or the other, you know, the man or the woman or both of them in different ways and so on. And then they can talk about what she should do. uh, And then they can move to what they should do. And, you know, that can uh, easily fill the whole workshop. Now, I see that you're, um, let's see. Okay, you were here in San Francisco, April 13th. Do you have anything or do you have anything back in our area again in San Francisco or upcoming? Well, or? I'm planning I'm planning to come back in the fall. I think it will be September. Uh and I'll keep my website updated. Uh, Good. so I can uh, yeah, you know, so people will know when there will be workshops and so on. Yeah, you've been in Los Angeles and um Oh, but don't forget, we're international here, so call. <laughs> <It's here. Yeah. laughs> you can hop on the website. It was modernloveandsex.com, and, and you can connect with Pauline. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. And, and uh, you can even uh, read the first uh, chapters, three chapters from the book. They're available uh, for free online on the website. Ah, wow. You know, yeah, I, you know what? I don't know if you thought of this, but what I could see is an upcoming book written by you from other people's experiences that have shared their experience with you. Yeah, yeah, I am gathering material for that. <laughs> so, and you know, it's interesting to see uh, how many people are actually experimenting and who are keeping it to themselves. That's also why I'm trying, I've, I want to talk about this book and I want to talk about different ways of living love because I think the more we talk about it, uh, the more people will start to feel, well, it's okay that I follow my curiosity and, of course, we respect to other people and consensual sex and so on, but, you know, that it's okay not to stick just within the, this little square framework that, that, you know, the high school sweetheart forever uh, if you don't uh, belong there, it's also okay to be there with a high school sweetheart all your life if that's where you belong. But let's not uh, take it um, as an automatic answer that we all need to live in the same way, also in our love life, because I don't think we do. Well, well I think people have people actually when they they get married and then they within a week or so they they go back to you know working and and everything becomes. Like uh, like a a clock ticking <laughs> through the minutes yeah. To, yeah. to get to the destination of, of the time, and um, and they forget to be creative. 
they forget to how to make things juicy in their life and lovely and and be able to to reignite the feeling that they had initially when they got together. I mean, they they really, uh, you know. So um, when do you think your next book might be out? Oh, I think uh, next year by this time it will be out. Oh, good. So you're busily writing in your little... Yeah, yeah, researching and writing and so on. So So it's some of the research coming from... uh, letters from uh, your uh, listeners and clients and is that some of the research is coming from that? Yeah, yeah, some of it is. Uh, and I also think there is a, or one of the areas that I'm working with on my next book that is also allowing um, women to be um, to be more, how should I say, more, or to be manifest sexually in different manners, you know, not just to have the submissive role, but also to experiment with taking charge. Uh, Because I I think one of the notions that we have in in both your society and our society is that, you know, okay, the man and his uh, sort of excitement, the man and his erection, you know, you shouldn't do anything to kind of make him lose his erection. That's like a, a taboo we have. And, and people don't even realize that we have that, but, but I think we do. And, and I'm working on, you know, how can I put that into a story or into my story where it, it will be interesting, the development that she takes without him losing complete, uh, you know, desire altogether. And, and I think men have a lot of different uh, manners of being men as well. So I want to include that in the book as well. You know, you can hear I'm still in the research phase, but I think it's really interesting to talk about these things and and uh, so, try to nail it. Pauline, do people come back and actually say, you know, you made this part of my life better that I never anticipated could have gotten better, you know? Yes. Yeah, and you, you've changed my life. You know, I, 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 I really didn't see that this was what I had to do in order to break free from my uh, restrictions or my, you know, the things that were making me feel sad. Yeah, have you ever worked with any couples that um, when their children leave home, I mean, everything is around the children, and then all of a sudden they leave home, and then you're just looking at this, yes. your partner, and you're thinking, mm-hmm. what do we do now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. That is definitely a, a challenge. Um I'm um, I'm proposing uh, couples to to allow themselves to redefine their relationship. You know, they may want to continue just the way they have so far, but they may also want to turn their relationship into a friendship uh, marriage or friendship parenthood. You know, where they will stay very good friends, but they may not have a, a sexual monopoly on each other. You know, they may be able to kind of uh, set each other loose. Um, mm-hmm. It's, of course, not always that uh, both parties are there at that time, uh, but sometimes uh, they are. And and just by, by me addressing this possibility will uh, always ignite some special thoughts and some special uh, considerations in them. Uh, it may also lead to them actually re-choosing uh, each other 
and finding that they want to continue to stay monogamous with each other. And that's fine, you know. That's uh, that's why I really believe in, in uh, how should I say, challenging people's notions. Because by, by being challenged, you find out, okay, this is really valuable to me. Or actually, no, I'm done with it. And so is my partner. Okay, aren't you? Yeah, I am done with it too. Okay, let's move on. You know, but yeah, we don't want to sell the house. Okay, we'll we'll have a friendship relationship, but we will not, uh, you know, stay faithful to each other, and that's fine. So, so I mean, challenging people's notions uh, is really a transformative approach. Uh, of course, I have also had people who didn't like it, uh, but then the, the, not in my workshops because when they've gotten as far as the workshop, I, I talk with people before they or after they sign up and tell them what it's about. And then a couple of people withdraw because they say, nah, you know, I don't think that's really for me. And once a couple got back to me a year later saying, okay, I, it wasn't for us a year ago, but now we want to do it. Okay, fine. And I, I believe very much in that, you know, there's a maturity aspect or a, a um, timing aspect in it saying that, okay, now, now is not the right time for us, but it could be next year or some other time. And that's fine. Well, sometimes a crisis in a marriage where um, two people go different directions and then when they come back together again, it makes it the marriage um, blossom again and have more romance yeah. because they've Yeah, because maybe of, they mean, were risking losing each other or they were getting out of, con- out of contact with some key th- elements. And then when they realize that by seeing each other again, oh, I missed you. Oh, you are my sweetheart. You know, and that's that's beautiful. That's fine. But it yeah. can also be beautiful that two people decide to separate if they are not in that uh, in that closeness, in that you know being there for each other anymore. Then then don't try to force yourself on each other because it can become so. Uh, so vicious by people trying to, insisting that this should be, I'm doing this for you, and you, yeah, and I'm doing this for you. Okay, sure. Well, stop doing it for each other. Ooh, okay. You know. <laughs> well, so I know a couple, I know a couple, uh, they've separated, and they live in different houses, but they come together all the time to travel together. And yeah. other than that, exactly. they don't, <laughs> no, so, yeah, I mean, they don't appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I know a couple, you know, where they live together in the weekend. But from Monday till uh, Friday, uh, they live by themselves. And that works very well for them. Uh, and, you know, actually, anything that two people can agree about, which doesn't hurt others, is, is fine. So mm. so you're you're talking literally about stepping out of the box and yeah. re-evaluating and, and really taking a a higher perspective as far as your your inner report card. I love I those are your words, my inner report card. <laughs> yeah. I like that. <laughs> yeah, you don't forget about their inner report card. Um there doesn't seem to be yes. any time for that inner report card and and I, I that is really important. My gosh. Mm-hmm. You know, this yeah. this book is just really um uh, it's really amazing what you pulled together in in this research that you that you uh, maybe you tripped upon, huh? 
Yeah, actually, I did. <laughs> well, but I, I, could I feel I that it was important because so many people were interested, and also when I started telling them a bit about my experiences, they continued to be interested and wanted to know more. And I was like, oh, okay, it's not only my personal experiences. I think I'm onto something that other people can can use as well. Well, I think bottom line here is to make yourself happy. That should come first. And yes, especially women, we forget to do that. Oh, yeah, we do. We do. That was another thing I realized when I was writing the book, that I was a very accommodating woman. You know, whenever I was with a man or met a man before this model, I would be, oh, yeah, whatever you want, honey, and sure, whatever makes uh, the whole thing, the whole relationship work. I would be just giving and giving and giving. And then I would be expecting, you know, maybe uh, six months later, I would expect, okay, now it's, uh, it would be nice if he would also turn around and ask, so what do you want, honey? Except he never turned around and asked that. And when I started to actually show what I wanted or to tell him about it, he would always say, hey, why are you now becoming such a, you know, nuisance? You were so nice <laughs> in the beginning. And I was like, oh, yeah, sure I was, but, you know, how, when are you going to be nice? He said, no, I don't feel like being nice to you like that. And I said, oh, okay, well, I don't want to be with you anymore then. You know, and and that was kind of a pattern that I realized when I was writing the book. And I said, okay, well, I, I don't think, you know, I don't think anybody actually benefits from that in the long run. And certainly I was not going to live like that anymore. Um, so, well, so the whole thing starts, yeah, by identifying what is important to you in a relationship and sticking to that. Yeah, we we watched our mothers, you know, with our fathers, yes. and we kind of learned from that. But it's time yeah. to break that chain. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Sit up in bed and get your grab a piece of paper and start writing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you know, in fact, also make that list and then prioritize because what a lot of women do today is also that they want. So many things. And that's a little too much, you know, to put on men. You know, identify the three most important areas and stick to those. Because then if you ask him what are his three most important areas, well, then you have four to six important areas that you need to prioritize in a relationship. And that's that's enough, you know. There's no need to actually make a very long list of expectations towards each other because it's just too much. Well, actually, if you get that far, which is really kind of nice, um, then and you can you're always open for altering some of those aspects. You know what I mean? Retalking yeah. about it and and opening up the doors um, for for progress in other areas that maybe you hadn't thought about, and and really nurturing the relationship beyond levels that that again you know you never anticipated. And I think that's just marvelous. I I, I just and when I saw your book, I thought, oh, my gosh, this is really, you know, this is really important. People complain that they don't have what they want and, and or they're looking for relationships and they just don't know how to to pinpoint more um, uh, fluidly, you know, exactly what they want and to... You know, and they don't know how to get started, and this is fabulous. And, um, you know, obviously your workshops are marvelous, and this is just, you know, so glad that you did this. Is there anything we haven't covered that you think is important that 
you want to kind of put out there, Pauline? Well, um, a number of people will always ask about jealousy with the when you are dating three at the same time, and I would say, you know, I'm, I'm, I think a, a certain amount of jealousy is quite normal. We all feel that, or can be ignited to feel it. Uh, but, but with um, with uh, with this model, I, I met a number of men who were jealous. Some were already jealous when we were writing about uh, my model, and there I decided not to date them. And the two guys I was dating, they checked out of the model because they say, oh, I, I simply cannot, you know, leave my thoughts about what you're doing with the other guys. So, yeah. you know, I was, uh, that was, it was fine, you know, because we could talk about it and I wasn't afraid to address it if I felt it was a play. Yeah. So, um, do you find do you, do you find that the men were that was were not as secure with themselves became more jealous? Yes, that is, uh, you know, it ignites the low self-esteem and so on, and and there it can really go out of hand. And if it does, you know, seek professional help for it because it can destroy. <laughs> okay. We are close. We only have about one minute here, and I want to make sure that we let people know we've been speaking with Pauline Middleton. And your website is modernloveandsex.com. And um, this, uh, the book that she wrote is called One Woman, Three Men. And, um, and don't forget, it could be one man, three women. <laughs> <laughs> sure. In yeah. brain- but I would urge women, you know, go out there and dare. Dare to do something that you are curious about. It will bring you places you had never even imagined. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank I, you for we, taking the time. You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, thank uh, you very a, much, Tess and Paul. Uh, that was really nice talking with you. Thank and you. have a great a evening in Denmark. <laughs> Okay. We Thank will, you. When you come back, to, when you come back uh, to uh, California, let us know, and we'll have another interview. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay. I'll, All right. Uh, uh-huh. Definitely Thank you. do that. Okay. okay. Great. Take care. Thanks. Okay. Uh-huh. You too. Bye bye. Bye bye.